Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome to an episode of the EPA podcast brought to you by Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host today, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social platforms at the Philly Pod, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you have seen my content. We are three weeks, I think it's three weeks now away from the NFL draft. After the first wave of free agency, things are starting to settle down. The smoke is starting to clear and the Eagles, along with the rest of the NFL, are beginning to zero in on their top prospects as we prepare for the draft at the end of the month. Joining me as always for this draft talk edition of the episode, you can find him on Twitter at Shane half underscore TPL. Be sure to follow all of his content on YouTube. He's been on the grind lately has a big board of a hundred plus college players. So if there's any information you need to know about your favorite uh, college crushes, the prospects you have circled on the people you are hoping the Eagles potentially take uh, Shane Half's YouTube, is the place to be so shane it's good to do this episode it's uh it's it's getting to that time it's our favorite time of the year as creators because this is when we get down in the nitty-gritty of the film and all the favorite players and we watch about 98 of them uh of guys that won't be eagles but maybe maybe you'll find a couple gems and be excited when you hear their name called on day one uh two or three how's it going man you've been you've been you've been on the grind how do you how's your uh, how's your head feeling to this point <laughs> yeah just you know watching film at 11 30 at night falling asleep and having all 22 dreams uh, it's great you know like you said watching film making videos on a lot of guys that won't be eagles and then i'm gonna root for them four years from now to become eagles in free agency uh kind of like chauncey gardner johnson i was a big <laughs> chauncey gardner johnson fan in his draft wanted him on the eagles so bad and so maybe i get to live out my dreams for some of these guys in eagles uniforms in four or five years yeah as well. yeah but gonna be it's gonna be a certain show chauncey was actually another guy that i thought would potentially be eagle uh this year before all the running backs situations happened was uh dalvin cook just because we were all enamored with him and then uh minnesota jumped in front of the eagles and we settled for uh, si- uh sydney jones we all know how that how that panned out and there was a brief maybe a brief well maybe for me anyway a few days there where we thought the eagles could pursue dalvin cook but the money didn't work and he might stay with minnesota uh, after all, but for this edition of the episode, guys, we're going to do uh, zero in on the the number ten overall pick as well as the number thirty overall pick. Shane and I each have three guys uh, that we're hoping <laughs> that the Eagles look at and could potentially select, and then we'll go to break and we'll come back and talk about three guys at number thirty. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, start here uh, with that. So Shane, I'll let you take the lead first because I'm sure the uh, the information is fresh fresh on your mind. So you have three guys. I have three guys. We did converse prior to the show to make sure we didn't intertwine with players, even though we may agree on certain ones. So I'll let you go first, and then we'll kind of go uh, uh, back and forth. So Eagles are on the clock, number 10 overall. Let's assume they don't trade back, trade up, whatever the situation is. Who's your number one guy that you're hoping that the Eagles – who's the who's the number one name you're hoping to hear that night? Uh, Miles Murphy, edge rusher out of Clemson, is a guy that I'm much higher on than consensus. 
Uh, I have him as the number 11 overall player on my big board. And that's not Eagles specific. He's much higher on just my Eagles big board. But uh, I don't understand why people are sleeping on Miles Murphy. He's kind of consensus near end of the first round prospect. I just think he's a lot better player than that. Uh, he was a five-star recruit, top 10 nationally, had freshman All-American honors at Clemson. Uh, 6'5", 268 pounds. He's just 21 years old, so he's a young prospect. Uh, in 2022, he had 40 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, and six and a half sacks. So not a super high sack production player, and he does struggle to finish. He gets a lot more pressure than sacks. Stop me if you've heard that before about Eagles <laughs> players, but uh, I think he gets outmaneuvered in the pocket by quarterbacks at time, but the rest of the Eagles' pass rush is so good that it, it will still... You know, he could still be an impactful player. He does a really good job of timing snaps well, and he's got the speed to threaten around the edge. He's got pretty good bend, uh, so he can dip under tackles. And I also think he does a good job of converting speed to power. He drives uh, into the opponent's chest and pushes the pocket. So he's very strong. He's got elite athletic ability. He tested really well at his pro day. Uh, I think that he would be really good as an edge rusher in the Eagles rotation. I think you could... Use him out wide in a two-point stance. You could use him uh, head up on a tackle, uh, but I'd rather see him out wide, and I think the Eagles have plenty of room for a guy like that. So Miles Murphy is a guy that I would love to have the Eagles get at number 10. Yeah, edge rusher is certainly going to be a position, or the defensive line in general is certainly going to be a position. I would be shocked if the Eagles don't walk away with a defensive lineman at one of these these two selections. He's a name that's interesting, Miles Murphy, because he's not one of the big like uh, big names we've been hearing up to this point. When you look at mocks and things like that, uh, you see the the uh, the uh, not even just edge rushers, but you see the uh, the Jalen Carters and the Lucas Van Nesses and those guys. Um, so so hearing a guy like Miles Murphy, what do you think the excitement level would be for for Eagles fans if they hear a name like that? Is this a name <laughs> that a lot of fans are going to know about, or is this a gem that you came across while watching film and be like, oh, he would be he would be a good pick for the Eagles right there? I think there would be a little bit of uh, confusion, honestly, because I don't <laughs> think a lot of a lot of national talking heads aren't talking about Miles Murphy going right. that high. Right. Uh, he's just a guy. I, I don't get it. I, I watch his film and I really like Murphy. So um, there would probably be a little bit of confusion. Honestly, I think you could probably move back a little bit and get Murphy. But I have him slightly above Tyree Wilson. He's one spot above Tyree Wilson, who's kind of a consensus top. Well, depending on what quarterbacks do, but he's a consensus like top six guy. Um, and I have, I have Murphy just a little bit ahead of him. So I think there would be some confusion, but overall, I think he'd be a really good player for the Eagles. Nice, nice. And certainly be a day one contributor because edge rushers always find a way to make their way into the rotation, especially a first round selection. So Miles Murphy for Shane is a guy he's hoping to hear for me sticking with the edge rushers is Nolan Smith. Now I go back and forth with Nolan because I tried to figure out if he would be a reach at that pick or not. But I think that when you, when you, Go in with the with the Eagles history, their draft history, what they prioritize, and the fact that he's from Georgia because I think Howie only watches Alabama tape on offense and Georgia tape on defense to this point. I think this is where we're at with, with, with the Eagles. I think Nolan Smith would be an exceptional fit. Now, I think he's a bit uh, uh, undersized for, 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 for the position, but I think he's explosive enough to make for exceptional lateral mobility, short area agility. I think he's, he's very nimble. Uh, I think he has a, a way of getting around uh, offensive lineman to get to the quarterback only three sacks last season so the numbers don't jump off the page uh but nolan smith i think is a guy who can come in here mix in well with uh with brandon graham josh sweat uh, reddick depending on where they line him up Derek barnett 
is expected to be back. He has one more year left on his deal. So uh, I like what Smith provides, and I think that it would be a very good addition along this uh, defensive line. Uh, as far as Nolan Smith, Shane, where do you have him ranked on your big board? And if you had to choose between the two, uh, is Nolan Smith or Miles Murphy uh, a better fit for this defense? Yeah, I, I would I would rather have Miles Murphy, but I do like Nolan Smith. He's a little bit further down my big board. He's 16th overall. Yeah, I would have no issue like with reach. him. He feels like I, a reach a little bit. I, I, I honestly, I think he's going to go high. I don't know if he goes quite at 10, but I wouldn't hate the pick. His spider chart is hilarious. Just like <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. If not, go to Mock Draftable and look it up. But all the athletic stuff is like 95th plus percentile. And then all of the like, size stuff is like 15th or lower percentile so he's got a hilarious spider chart i'm a big fan of the relative athletic scores uh, which basically standardizes by position on a zero to ten point scale with 10 being the most athletic guy that's ever tested at the position if you put him as a wide receiver he's a (laughs) 10.0 relative athletic score like he's uber athletic Uh, i really like san or not san i really like smith Uh, i wouldn't have a problem with him at 10 at all yeah, uh, he's a very good athlete, and the size is where is where, is where the, the, the issue comes into. But I like his uh, athletic traits. He has elite closing speed necessary uh, to uh, to kind of close in on outside runs and things like that. I was very impressed with with his tape. Of course, uh, we've been watching a lot of Georgia tape, and he's a guy that I think would be a good fit. Maybe the Eagles could potentially trade back for him. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that all works out because, like I mentioned, he does feel a bit of a reach at 10, but would be a very solid addition to his defensive front that I expect the Eagles to uh, invest in heavily uh, throughout this draft. So that would be my pick. My pick there would be happy with either of Miles Murphy and Nolan Smith, though. Uh, admittedly, don't know as much about Miles Murphy as as you do, Shane. And I think that's the case for a lot of fans. Uh, but we'll be very happy to to watch some of this tape following the show to see uh, what what all the hype is about. So uh, number two for you, if Miles Murphy is off the board, who's the next guy you are you are hoping to hear on on draft night? Uh, Peter Skaronsky, the offensive tackle out of yeah. Northwestern, is I, yeah. I think he's a really interesting guy uh, for the Eagles. Uh, he is the fifth overall player on my board. He's one of uh, five red chip players I have in this draft. Uh, he was actually a center prospect coming out of high school, but he went to Northwestern and he took over for Rashawn Slater as a true freshman during the COVID year. Mm-hmm. And he was a three-year starter at left tackle. Now he is, he's small for a tackle. He's got short arms uh, and that's going to take him off of some teams boards because he doesn't hit the measurable thresholds uh, or a lot of teams are just going to peg him as an offensive guard, but he has phenomenal tape and the arm length, it's the same concern people had with Rashawn Slater. And Rashawn Slater's been great in the NFL. And you could argue that Peter Skaronsky was a better player at Northwestern than Rashawn Slater was. Uh, he's a top-tier pass protector. Slater's he had a, nine... a pro bowler, isn't he? Slater yeah, he made the I, pro bowl last year. Uh, I don't know. I, pro bowl's garbage. I don't keep up with it too <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, you're not but... a pro bowl fan. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's hilarious when people use like, they were a Pro Bowl player in like contract negotiations because Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl last year as a backup quarterback. So yeah, he did uh, make the Pro Bowl though. Just saying. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> but you know, per PFF, which take it for what it's worth, but he had a 93 pass blocking grade, which was first among offensive tackles last year, and he allowed a pressure rate of 1.3 percent, which was second in the NCAA. So he's got top tier pass protection skills. He's he's super smooth. Uh, he's highly polished. He's athletic. He routinely climbs to the second level. 
he could legitimately play all five positions on the offensive line. Remember, he was a center prospect coming out, so he's even got experience snapping the ball in high school. Um, he might have to kick inside, though, which that's not a problem for the Eagles because I don't know if you've heard, but they need a right guard. So yeah. I think you could draft him with the idea he would become Lane Johnson's successor and in the short term could play right guard. And to be honest, I think if you do that in two years when Lane Johnson leaves, I think Peter Skaronsky is an all pro right guard and you end up leaving him there and you go draft another tackle. I think that's probably what happens. So, uh, but maybe you try him at right tackle in a couple years and he thrives there as well. So I just think he's a very polished player and I don't think those physical limitations uh, in terms of arm length and size should really scare people off. Yeah, Skaronsky is uh, interesting because, well, one of the Eagles had just had a visit. They either scheduled one or had one. I, I, I've yet to confirm which, but I know his name got brought up uh, with, with with the Eagles. But Skaronsky is interesting because there's there's expectations among, among fans that Cam Jurgens is going to start uh, in, in that right guard spot because, you know, second round picks probably shouldn't sit in their second season. So people are saying if you draft Skaronsky, what do you do with Jurgens? Is, is Skaronsky going to sit? Or do you want to invest the kind of resource into into a guy where you're not sure how he's going to figure in the plans for next season? So, but we all know again how the Eagles prioritize the trenches and they very and they try to do a good job of preparing for the future. They drafted Landon Dickerson with the anticipation of Jason Kelsey retiring. He stayed. They drafted Cam Jurgens with the anticipation of Jason Kelsey retiring. He stayed. So they're doing their best to try and prepare for departures and prepare to try to get younger along the offensive line. And sometimes you have to spend premium picks in order to do that, which which has worked out for the Eagles uh, in the past. So if the, if the Eagles do make that selection, Shane, with Peter Skaronsky, how do you envision the future playing out for, for Cam Jurgens? What do you think the plan would be there? I mean, I think he would just be your backup next year. I, I know a lot of people are penciling him into the right guard spot, and I don't really know why other than he's a second-round pick and he can't, he can't be on the bench for a second <laughs> year in a row, which was my problem with the pick at the time. Like, I – I liked Jurgens as a prospect, but we didn't have a timeline on Jason Kelsey. And I center is a place that you just draft guys and you stick them in. Like most of the time you don't draft a center and sit them like you do some other positions. They don't require that same development. So um, just assuming he can move to right guard is optimistic because he's not ever played right guard. He went to Nebraska. I believe it was as a tight end prospect. And then he <laughs> transferred to, or he moved to center and, that's where he's played, and I don't know. Maybe he can do it. I'm I'm very sure that Skaronsky can do it. So I, if you do that, you probably have Jurgens as just a backup, and maybe he's your backup at all three interior spots, which would be fine. Uh, it also just gives you you got Jack Driscoll still, mm -hmm. but you don't really want Jack Driscoll to come in as your left tackle if Jordan Mailata misses games. So it gives you some ability to shuffle guys around if there's injury to Lane who gets banged up at times. So. Uh, overall, I think it helps your starting five, but it also tremendously would help your depth. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with having depth, especially with the age. You know, Lane Johnson, uh, surgery, decent Kelsey uh, at the age that he's at, so on and so forth. So definitely nothing wrong with depth. I just think some fans have a hard time swallowing the fact that Cam Jerkins is going to sit for yet another season. But part of me does feel like he would still have a prominent role because injuries happen. I don't anticipate the same injury luck as last season. So <laughs> wouldn't be bad to have him. Uh, uh, in that role, you have Andre Dillard who left. You're going to have to have somebody um, ready to go. If one of the guys uh, goes down. So Peter Skaronsky would definitely be a, a good selection. Not a second one, but uh, good for the trenches, good insurance, and would certainly, um, you know, protecting your soon-to-be 
you know, $200 million quarterback is, is the priority. And, and the Eagles are certainly going to make sure that they, that they do that. So the second name for me, and this is a, uh, it's, it's only second because of uh, the obvious off the field woes is Jalen Carter. And this is a name I try, I, I try not to bring up on this list because uh, Shane, you, as well as I think that there's a good shot that he's gone by then, but the Eagles, to, to my knowledge, it seems like they've made it a point to Jalen Carter that if you're there at 10, we're not going to hesitate to take you. And that should be the case because he, in my opinion, is the best non-quarterback prospect and maybe even better than the quarterbacks um, in this draft. Now, the, the off-the-field concerns are obviously very involved in that tragic car accident. That is uh, that that's terrible. And all, all these other things and showed up at his pro day, what, like 10, 20 pounds heavier, whatever the situation was for that. So, so the, the discipline certainly uh, seems like it's lacking there. But if there is ever a locker room in the NFL that could attempt to straighten him out, it is the Eagles and the culture that they have set. And it is two Georgia guys that have already played with Jalen Carter and N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis. And even last year, when you're watching a Trayvon Walker tape or Jordan Davis tape or Devontae Wyatt tape, Jalen Carter is the guy that kept popping off the screen. And I feel like if you can find a way to get Jalen Carter in the mix and pair him with Jordan Davis, for the foreseeable future, man, if you can straighten out his, his mentals or whatever is going on, I think that that is going to be a scary defensive line for years to come. Very good size, accelerates off the line of scrimmage well, combines get off with low pad level. I think he does a good job of working to get on the edge instead of trying to go straight through offensive linemen. That's very good for a guy his size. So for me, Jalen Carter is a guy that I feel like if he's at 10 and the Eagles obviously feel this way as well, because Jalen Carter, right after the Eagles visit, Told, told anybody outside the top 10 like don't even bother we're not going to talk to you which is might be counterproductive because i don't what if teams want to move up don't you want to meet with those teams but that's neither here nor there i think he's a, has a great pass rush motor uh i think that he has a lot of sacks that is going to be uh announcers going to be saying his name quite often when they're talking about qb sacks for the next five to ten years wherever he ends up so shane your thoughts on jalen carter you think he's going to be there and if he is so the Eagles sprint to the podium, as you put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's one of three blue chip players in this draft for me. Uh, if he's there at 10, I would reverently walk to the podium. Haul <laughs> ass, haul. I, I, don't, I don't know how, I don't even know how sprint to the podium became a thing. The GMs don't even go to the podium. They like yeah, they the don't. card to the commissioner. Sprint I, to the phones, that's what I said. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's a phenomenal player. And I try not to talk about, Red, character red flags and medical mm -hmm. red flags because I'm not in a position I'm not a doctor I don't have access to the doctors I don't have the ability to sit in a room with the guy and talk to him but the Eagles do and they're doing their due diligence if he is on your draft board and there's a chance he's not because of what comes out in the interviews and your investigations and a lot of teams fine. are taking him off apparently a lot of yeah but if he is on your draft board, if he has cleared those hurdles for you and he's there at 10 you don't even make another consideration like he's the pick he is a phenomenal interior defensive line player. It's a premium position for the Eagles. It's a position where they have needs. Uh, as somebody on Twitter was asking yesterday, if if he is there at 10, but the Buccaneers offer you 19 in their first next year, which could potentially be a top five pick, do you take Carter or do you trade back? And that's not even a question for me. You take Carter because he can immediately make an impact. You're trying to go make a push to win a Super Bowl before you pay Jalen Hurts. Uh, and he's just such a good player. And so if he clears the hurdles with off the field things, you don't think about it. You go draft him and assuming it all works out, he, he's going to be an all a perennial all pro. 
Yeah, uh, the, definitely the future is is well. I still think Carter was the best player on a defensive line that featured three 2022 first-round picks. So I think when, when, when guys like that are available, you have to try and go ahead and do that. And like we said, we try. I remember we people were making big deals of red flags from like George Pickens, and he wasn't like all that wild in his first year with Pittsburgh and things like that. So p- players have a way of coming to the pros to straighten themselves out and, and trying to make a name for themselves. So I think – even even with everything that's being said about Jalen Carter and him showing up out of shape and all those things, I think Philadelphia would be a good spot for him. Like I mentioned, the culture is there, and he already has a familiar setting with a couple teammates that are there right now. And there might there might be another one. We'll we'll get to those picks later. <laughs> later. Uh, so if Howie's trying to be the Philadelphia Crimson Tide Bulldogs, and that's one way to <laughs> to, to try and and do that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, all right, Shane. So, Peter Skaronsky went at eight overall or whatever. Miles Murphy's gone. What is the what is the third guy? You're like, this has to be the guy. If it's not this guy, then then I'm out on this draft. Who's the third guy you're going to hope that you hear the Eagles select uh, come come the first night of the NFL draft? This one's going to make a lot of people mad, oh, and I know that because I've drafted him in mock drafts, and it made a lot of people mad. Twitter got upset, huh? <laughs> Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver out of Ohio State, and I know. People say he would be the fourth pass catching option, whatever. He'd be third. He'd be third. People, oh, oh including Goddard. With, yeah, yeah Dallas, Dallas Goddard. But, and people are like, you can do it with Quez. I just want you to realize that if Quez Watkins doesn't fumble a pass against the Colts, I think it was the Colts. Was it the Colts? The, no, it wasn't the Colts. The rest, Whoever, uh, the, the rest Washington. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Can't say the he, he He fell down making a catch that should have been a touchdown, then got up and fumbled, and the Eagles lost that game in the Super Bowl. Hertz put the ball on his hands at the at the goal line. He catches mm-hmm. it. It's probably a touchdown, and they win the game. So don't tell me that wide receiver three isn't a big need. It is a huge need, and Jackson Smith and Jigba is the cream of the crop in an otherwise somewhat weak draft class. Uh, this is a guy that set the Big Ten receiving record in 2021 with 1,606 yards, outproducing Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, both of whom were first-round picks in last year's draft. He had in the Rose Bowl. He had a 15-catch, 347-yard, three-touchdown performance. That's the most incredible game I've ever seen from a wide receiver. And had he played in 2022, he would be a consensus top 10 pick. Unfortunately, he only played three games with a hamstring injury, and so people have forgotten. And, and my thing is, don't forget. Go watch what he did in 2021 with two elite guys that went in the first round and one of whom was offensive rookie of the year. And remember he was better than both of those guys. He's barely 21 years old. Uh, He's, he was 96th percentile on his three cone, 97th percentile on the shuttle. He's uh, just very sudden fluid mover. He is an outstanding route runner. He just got incredible footwork. He creates all kinds of separation with precise cuts. I don't know if people remember this, but, I remember back when Nelson Aguilar was drafted and the video got posted on Bleeding Green Nation of him doing like the ladder drills. His footwork was just incredible. 
and that's Jackson Smith and Jigba, except Jackson Smith and Jigba can catch. So don't like, I'm not saying he's Nelson Aguilar, but I just remember like my jaw dropping at Aguilar's suddenness and, and his cuts and Jackson Smith and Jigba is that and more. Uh, he's got a super high football IQ. He does a really good job of finding the open spots and zones. He makes good side adjustments. He's just smooth in every aspect of his game. And he's great after the catch. He forced 19 missed tackles in 2021, and he averaged 8.3 yards after catch per reception. And so he doesn't have top-end speed. He's not going to be your deep threat, but the Eagles use A.J. Brown that way. They use Devontae Smith deep downfield. If you put Jackson Smith and Jigba in the slot, you give him those two-way goes. You use Dallas Goddard to threaten up the seam like the Eagles like to do. I don't know how you stop that passing attack. And so it's a big need. He's the only premium player at the position in the draft. I would love Jackson Smith and Jigba for the Eagles. Yeah, talk about a luxury pick. People say Bijan is a luxury pick, man. Jackson Smith and Jigba might be, might, might be right there next to him because you look at the receivers they have, obviously, with, with, with Devonta Smith and, and A.J. Brown, and they could certainly use a, a third pass catcher. I was shocked they didn't uh, bring another one in during free agency to this point. Obviously, they still have time. We'll see what they do uh, in the draft or the second wave of free agency. Howie has already found some gems in regards uh, in regards to that. But, man, he would. you want to talk about completing this offense. You know, Instead of another running back, you bring a, a third wide receiver in here, and you have all four of them, including Dallas Goddard, on the field at the same time with Hurts and Rashad Penny in the backfield or whatever the situation is, is going to be. You're going to need all of your defensive backs. Defenses are going to need all the defensive backs available to try to try and cover these guys. And it would certainly be interesting to see, in my in my opinion, and Shane, I, I'm sure you feel the same way as well, that the, 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 the holes are plenty on defense, I'm sure, will be prioritized over wide receiver when you talk safety and when you talk uh, uh, defensive line and things and things of that nature. And even the, the, the linebackers, I'm sure that even though it's a weak class, they'll have to figure out as well because you have N'Kobe Dean, who will be transitioning to a full-time starter from, from not playing a whole lot his first season, and, um, and Nicholas Mora, who we're not even sure what, what he can provide. Uh, to this point, those are the projected starters as of now anyway. So there's there's lots to figure out on defense with the Eagles say, for, you know, whatever. We're just going to outscore everybody 45 to 42 and just bomb it to A.J. Devontae and Jackson Smith every single down. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Everybody likes likes offense. I think that the adage that defense wins championships is outdated anyway. I think you can, offense certainly can win championships. That's how the Eagles won their Super Bowl. And that's how the Chiefs pulled it off as well. Uh, often, uh, I mean, offense season. does win championships. You don't stop. You don't stop for four quarters, elite quarterbacks that you're going to face. And for people saying it's just not the biggest need, let, let me tell you about the Eagles wide receivers behind A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. By the way, A.J. Brown, who's banged up every year, and Devonta Smith, who is an outlier in terms of size, and that was a concern coming in. Yeah, you got Quez Watkins, a uh, little bit of Tyree Cleveland, Britton yeah, Covey, Tyree. Greg Ward, Devin Allen. Like One of those guys goes down, and your offense is in trouble. And People have talked about, you know, then you would have three highly paid receivers, but that's not the case. Like drafting a guy is a way to control costs for five years. Like Devonta is under contract for three more years. Jackson Smith and Jigba would be on a rookie deal until 2027, which by the way is when AJ Brown's contract is up and he'd be 30 years old and you might not want to pay him a big contract. So like, it's not that, well, you can't afford to keep all three of those guys. Like, that's saying in 2027, A.J. Brown's 30, and maybe we don't want to pay him another mega contract. And yeah, exactly. That's just what you do. That's how you control cost. It's, it would be cheaper to get him than to go sign a competent guy out of free agency. 
and not that there's a lot of those guys left. So I would love the fit. And like you said, defense doesn't win championships anymore. The Eagles had pro bowlers, all pros at every level of the defense, and they couldn't <laughs> stop won. Patrick Mahomes. So on a bum ankle. Yeah. So yeah. go go out shoot him next time. Yeah, exactly. Go do it. Jackson Smith Jackson Smith certainly catches that ball that Hurts put on the money in the Super Bowl. And then we might be sitting here talking, still talking about a championship instead of draft because we wouldn't care about the draft if the Eagles won the championship. So that is where we're at. So certainly a luxury pick, but not one that I would be upset at at all. Uh, you know, I think it's in the same tier as Bijan of chances of happening, though. So it would certainly be it would be a shock. But maybe Howie says, forget it. We're going to we're just going to outshoot everybody. And that's the way it's going to go. So for me, my 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 final pick that I hope I hope I hear and I do this every single year with prospects that I absolutely fall in love with and get let down because uh, that's just that's just the way it goes. I did it with uh, with Denzel Mims, even though I know he hasn't been much in the NFL, but I loved him as a receiver that year, loved him as a receiver and, and we didn't get him. And that's just the way it goes. Now, I will say before before I name this player, I felt that the likelihood of getting this guy was was very high if the Eagles had only brought back one of Darius Slay or James Bradbury. Now that they brought back both, I think the chances went down substantially. And then they brought in Greedy Williams, who Twitter would tell me, oh, um, you know, the Eagles aren't going to let this pick dictate or let this guy dictate, um, you know, what he does in the draft and this and that. But I feel like they like what they see in Greedy Williams. And I certainly liked him back in the draft. And I think they're hoping that he could become something. Uh, you know, if he'll probably won't be much more than a uh, special teams contributor next season, but they're hoping he can get his health right and potentially develop into a into a starter when uh, when, when Slay, you know, gets, you know, when that decline comes because it is on the way. But man, my favorite my favorite corner in this draft is Devin Witherspoon. And if you haven't seen this man's tape yet, I encourage you to watch it because this man is probably the epitome. Like last year, Sauce Carter was the epitome of cornerback position. This year, it is is Devin Witherspoon, elite competitor. He has a Man, I, I think fiery is the best way I can put his personality. Plays downhill, competitive at the catch point, very high football IQ. I think this guy is going to be a bona fide star in the NFL. He's chippy. He chirps at the receivers. He gets, like, offended. This guy's literally offended that wide receivers, like, attempt to catch balls on him. Like, that's the attitude I give off on Devin Witherspoon. Shane, I know you have, have Gonzalez uh, in the tier of his own as far as the cornerbacks. But, man, if Devin Witherspoon is there, I, 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 like, if you if you came to me, like if you were coming to me and I was making the selection, we're in that we're in the war room, and you're like Jalen Carter and Devin Witherspoon is on the board. I'm taking Devin Witherspoon. That is how much I love this guy as as a prospect. Where do you stand as far as the quarterback position with Philadelphia and Devin Witherspoon as a prospect? How big is the gap for you between Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, and I guess Joey Porter, who are the three guys in in that tier? I've got them all grouped pretty closely. Uh, really like all of them. I don't necessarily I don't like Porter for the Eagles, but as an overall player, I like him. Uh, Witherspoon is a fun prospect, man. If you're a if you're a casual draft goer that's listening to our podcast and you're like, man, <laughs> they talk about watching film. Maybe I want to try that out. Put on some Devin Witherspoon tape. He is so fun to watch. Like, dude's 181 pounds, 10th percentile, but nobody told mm -hmm. him. Like, he's nope. coming in. <laughs> he's coming in laying hits on people. Uh, he is so undersized for the style of football he wants to play. There has never been a receiver that ran a route against him that didn't offend him by thinking that That's he could get open. He looks offended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, oh man, I, I remember uh, here I am throwing out names that are going to trigger Eagles fans, but I remember like watching Jalen Mills get burned yeah. and the Flexing. quarterback would overthrow the guy and he's like wagging his finger. Yeah. <laughs> That's Devin Witherspoon. Like Devin Witherspoon, if he like slips on a play, and the guy's wide open and the quarterback gets sacked and doesn't see him or something, Witherspoon's right there in his ear, like 
talking. And mm-hmm. it's like, bro, you just got beat for a 70 yard touchdown and the guy <laughs> didn't see it, but he is in your ear. He is chippy. Uh, so physical loves to come downhill. He loves to hit running backs. Like I think he would be a great slot corner because Fantastic. slot foreigners got to be willing to stick their nose in the fan and get in there and, you know, hit a blocker, hit a pulling guard, go get the running back. And Devin Witherspoon's never seen a guy he's afraid of on a football field. So he is a fun player, very athletic. I, I would love Witherspoon as a pick as well. So, so as far as Christian Gonzalez is concerned, what about, what about Christian Gonzalez puts him above Devin Witherspoon for you? Cause I know you're high on him. Yeah. So Witherspoon's or excuse me, Gonzalez is more of your prototypical size. He's 89th percentile mm-hmm. height, 68th percentile uh, weight. And he's really, he, he's just, he ran a four, three, eight, 40. He's got a 96th percentile vertical. So as, as athletic as Witherspoon is, which we didn't see him test at the combine, but Gonzalez is super smooth. I think he's, a little more versatile in terms of what he can do because he's got that size. Uh, he's also a great tackler, got top end speed. So I think they're both really good corners. And so I'll give the edge to the bigger guy, uh, which is basically what it comes down to with Gonzalez versus Witherspoon for me. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Size is definitely a big factor when you uh, defensive backs, you know, you want to be able to contest with it with the bigger receivers. But like you said, Devin Witherspoon plays like it. So he sure, sure enough, mix up for the lack of size with it, with his attitude. And the guy just loves to play cornerback. And I think he would thrive uh, in Philadelphia's defense, even though they have, like I said, Bradbury Slay. Maddox is still there, but Maddox uh, still has these health concerns. So if he goes down uh, for, for a few weeks like he did last season, Witherspoon comes in and, and, and lays the hammer in the meantime, I certainly wouldn't be. Uh, uh, upset about that it's just that I know this is one of these guys the Eagles haven't even had a visit with them not not to my knowledge so I know it's gonna be one of these letdowns but man like I said if if, if they're both there he's there with Jalen Carter I know Jalen Carter makes more sense and he's more, he fits more of the philosophy that Philadelphia follows but Devin is such a su- such a fun player that I I I I would do everything I can to to try and get him I think he may maybe they're available at 10 because Gonzalez is going before him in in, in a lot of mocks but he's a he is a fun player, super fun to watch. I encourage everyone to go watch his tape, and you'll fall in love with him the same way uh, uh, we do. Um, Shane, I have I have I have an idea here because this episode ran longer than than anticipated. So we can I do I do have one more player I want to ask you about, and then we could put a bow on it, and then we'll come back next week and talk about uh, uh, thirty players. We'll spend a half hour talking about them, so we don't uh, rush through them, so we don't want to give. Uh, listeners the wrong uh, wrong idea here because this is how we get on this podcast we get up here and talk about each player for 10 minutes and we lose track of time so there is one more player uh we'll, we'll do one more player each because i know you had an extensive list so we we do have time for another one of those and we did talk about uh joey porter a little bit he's another corner that fans have uh have circled as far as the cornerbacks are concerned if the eagles decide to go that route uh, at, at number 10 overall so gonzalez is off the board somebody falls in love with devin witherspoon jalen carter goes to number four, wherever he goes. Uh, but Joey Porter is the best corner on the board. Uh, how how encouraged would you be if the Eagles took him at number 10 overall? Or trade it back for him. Or trade it back for him. Yeah, I wouldn't like it at 10 <laughs> at all. Uh, I've only got it. He, he's the number 10 player on my board, which mm. so it might sound silly to say I wouldn't like him at 10, but I just he's not a great fit for what the Eagles want to do. The way that he plays, uh, he's very physical. And if you take Joey Porter Jr., you're basically committing to putting him on the line and letting him play press man. Mm. That, that's where he's best. He's not going to thrive if you ask him to play off coverage or zone. Uh, his arms, his arms are ridiculous. Like I swear, he can touch his knees without bending over. He's got 98th percentile arms, 
and he does a really good job of being physical at the line and then sinking into a trail technique behind uh, receivers going up the seam. And there's just no throwing window as long as his arms are a uh, really good job, like contesting the catch point, disrupting routes, but he's not going to thrive in off coverage or zone. He's not as agile uh, in those places. So I like him. I don't think the Eagles don't normally put their guys up on the line. Mm-hmm. Sean Desai is not going to be a lot different than Jonathan Gannon in the terms of, of how they deploy their corners. Now they'll be, I'm not saying they'll be different be. schematically, <laughs> but they're going to still mostly start from off coverage. They're not going to be lining up doing a lot of press coverage, which is fine. Uh, people equate press coverage with aggressiveness and that's not necessarily the case, but he's not probably going to align guys on the line a lot. And so I think that limits the value you find with Porter. Mm. You know, if you're, if you're back into the teens, certainly if he's at 30, which he won't be there, but if you're back into the teens, or early twenties and he's there at that point, he's a good value pick and you go for it. Cause I do have him as the 10th best player in the draft, but mm-hmm. uh, that's why I wouldn't take him at 10, but I know there's a lot of people that really like Porter. Yeah, yeah, certainly a lot of people. Those are the three guys. Uh, like I said, fans are clamoring for a cornerback if if the Eagles choose to do so. Uh, I just like well, we 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 ran down the whole you know uh, uh, Devin Witherspoon infatuation, but man, I think those guys. I think it's uh, Gonzalez Witherspoon, you know, one A and one B. Joy Porter, for a solid two, and then and then the rest. We'll talk about those when we get on here and talk about number thirty overall uh, uh, next week. So Shane, we'll end it on this. Your 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 last guy, last ditch effort. <laughs> your top three guys are gone, uh, or the, say the Eagles trade back. They trade back. What is what is your your fourth? <laughs> your fourth. They're going down the board here. You're crossing them off. You're like, man, these guys are flying off the board. But the fourth guy is available at number ten. Who would be that guy for you? Yeah, uh, I don't I don't necessarily have one. Like I could talk about Christian Gonzalez or Tyree Wilson. I think they would both Ooh. be gone in this situation. Mm-hmm. So instead, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw you a curveball. I'm just going to throw out a few names and tell you if I'd take them in a small trade back. So, All right, I got you. Uh, so Cam Smith, cornerback uh, yes. out of South Carolina, would love 100%. him in a trade back. Deontay Banks as well uh, as a guy that I think he's, he's been coming up draft boards. I think he's a guy that could go in the teens or early 20s that I would like. Deontay, or excuse me, not I just said Deontay Banks. Brian Branch yes. um, is Here a guy that I really like. He's overvalued at 10. I, I don't think he's, he's not going to get there to 30, I don't think, but He's a versatile guy in terms of safety corner. You could move him or safety slot. You could move him around a lot. Use him in the similar ways that you use Chauncey Gardner Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, but have him cost controlled. Uh, Lucas Van Ness, I'm out on. I, I don't want Lucas Van Ness oh, even even oh. in a small trade back. If you're talking at 30, but if we're talking trading back into the teens or something, I don't think he knows how to rush the passer, and that's problematic for a guy that you're going to take in the teens. So he's out of uh, the question at 10 for you completely out yeah would, would not consider lucas Got Van Ness at 10 uh, he's a popular name he's a popular name i know and i don't get it um <laughs> I, I i think it is best he's a guy that you're going to kick inside some on pass rushing situations but yeah i i yeah i don't like i don't like van ness at 10 i don't mm. even really like van ness and i like a trade back to the teens but Oof. there's a few guys if i was trading back to the teens i would be looking at you know some of those guys cam smith deontay banks brian Brissie, uh some, some of those are some of the guys that I would like in small trade backs, which I do think is very much on the table for the Eagles. Yeah, we'll say if you can trade back and get Brian Branch and recoup some picks, man, that would be a, that, and, and obviously stay at 30. That would be a home run because Brian Branch is a guy who fits this fits this defense. I know we got Terrell Edmonds and uh, and uh, who's the who's the guy from the Saints? Uh, 
forget his name already. Jer- not, not Jeremy. What's his, Evans. What's his name? Evans. Yeah. Hey, so he's there. They have some names that they're going to help. And I like Edmonds game. I, I wanted Taylor Rapp over him personally. I liked Taylor Rapp a bit, a bit better than Edmonds, but he's a guy they're hoping he can come in be that one year veteran stopgap. But Brian Branch fits a lot, a lot of what this Eagles did defensively last year. And to your point, Sean Desai is a, is a Vic Fangio disciple. So he's going to do a lot of, 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 of similar things. I'm one last point before we wrap this up. I mentioned the linebackers and kind of the uncertainty of that position. I know prior prior to the show off the air, we talked about how weak the class is. Is there anybody, anybody we know how, how the Eagles kind of devalue the position, but is there anybody at the linebacker spot that, that is worth a look in the first round? Certainly probably not a 10, but say if the Eagles trade back or whatever the scenario is, are there any linebackers worth, worth looking at? It's not a good linebacker class. Um, <laughs> I had a first round grade on Nicobe Dean last year, and he had to fall to the third round for the Eagles to take him. Uh, so I don't know that they're going to do that. Drew Sanders is a guy to watch uh, that could be interesting. I think he's really the only linebacker that has any business going on day one. Although I still have a round two grade on him, and I only have two or I only have three total second round grades. So it, it's yeah. a pretty weak. Uh, Trenton Simpson out of Clemson, Jack Campbell out of Iowa, are the other second round grades, but. Uh, it, it is a rough class of linebacker. Yeah. The Eagles did their due diligence by taking on Nicobe Dean last year and making sure they got the best linebacker for the next few years. So good on him. We expect uh, extended roles for him as well as Jordan Davis. Maybe Jalen Carter joins the fray. Maybe Nolan Smith joins the fray. And the entire Georgia Bulldog team gets back together in Philadelphia. And we'll just have a Georgia championship defense, an Alabama Crimson Tide offense. I think that's the, that's the way it's going to go. We got some Alabama players coming up on the next episode when we come back on here and talk about the 30th picks uh, next week we didn't expect the first round picks to certainly go uh, go this long but this is what draft nerds do get up here and talk about it and we'll be happy to come up here next week to talk about picks number 30 we'll make it a good uh, uh a good additional episode for you guys shane any last thoughts on first round players anybody any gems that you that you kind of hope the eagles are looking at or is, or did we kind of cover it all here uh no i think i mean we covered it pretty well i will say one other thing on brian branch that would make him really intriguing oh, yeah. is yeah. he's got the ability to drop into the slot and Avante Maddox played safety some his mm-hmm. rookie season. It would give you such versatility to have them on opposite sides of the formation in terms of being able to, you know, at the snap, rotate branch down to the slot and rotate uh, Avante Maddox back to safety. So it would give you a lot of creativity. Having two guys that can kind of do a little bit of safety, kind of do a lot of slot on opposite sides of your formation, it would give you a lot of creative uh, creative things that you could do so that is one reason he's really intriguing for me yeah i see i see a lot of the uh, move avante maddox to to safety but i have a hard time of like moving like let's move x player at a position he's already good and move him to another position and hope he's good like if he's already good at one spot just keep him there i understand the experience and if the eagles get in a bind and they have to play a, a cornerback there and then move move maddox to safety i'm sure he could do it I just feel like he's already good at a position. Why well, try to move him around away from what he's good at? But I certainly, you know, the versatility is always is always a good factor to have. And CJ t- t- did a lot for us last year. It's going to be tough to uh, to to replace that. And you know, the CJ saga is is, is something. Yeah, <laughs> and something. I think those are the sorts of things they could have done with Avante Maddox and Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Unfortunately, they were both on the field together very little because yeah. Maddox was banged up. Chauncey Gardner Johnson had, I think it was a lacerated kidney. And so yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of rare that they were both on the field at the same time in 2022. So I think you could, you could have used them in similar ways as I'm talking about branch and Maddox. You just didn't really get the opportunity. And I'm not sure that Gannon would have anyways, he was, 
he was big on showing the same thing pre-snap every time. And Desai is a little more into disguising his things and rotating coverages. So uh, gives you some value there for sure. Yeah, I will say, though, as much as we love Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and wanted him back, when you look at the missed tackle percentage last season, Terrell Edmonds, 7.9%. TJ Gardner-Johnson had missed tackles on 14.1% of his snaps. So we all knew he wasn't the greatest tackler, but maybe Edmonds can kind of make up some of the ground there. Brian Branch would certainly be a phenomenal pick for me. And again, we'll talk 30s next week. But my ideal my ideal draft would be Jalen Carter at 10 and Brian Branch at 30. Now, this is if both of those players are even available at those positions. That's just my pipe dream. That's my that's my pipe dream. That is an A-plus draft uh, for, for first round right there. We'll get into some of those uh, scenarios next week. Appreciate you guys for tuning into this episode of the EPA podcast brought to you by Bleeding Green Nation going over the, uh, the first round prospects that we have our eyes on, hoping that the Eagles walk away with in three weeks i'm uh your host victor williams go follow me on all social media platforms at the philly pod to keep up with all content be sure to read the libertyline.com where i post all news rumors and uh such i got my first mock draft finally coming this week so be sure to go ahead and and check that out shane uh go follow him at twitter half and half underscore tpl doing a phenomenal job covering the drafts and if you need to if you're bored and you want to watch film on 59,000 players and he is the place to do it Shane let them know where you think can find the YouTube channel and be uh, uh smart themselves up on all the college players that they need yeah I'm on YouTube at Shane half NFL Twitter at half and half underscore TPL uh, I have I've been working on my videos for my top 100 prospects uh, I've got like they're two minute videos about each prospect and so I've got five of those going out on my Twitter every Monday through Saturday up until I think the 20th is when I'll have my top five players out. Oh, yeah. Then they're grouped together in like 10 person videos on YouTube. And I think uh, I've got 61 through 100 up on YouTube. I'm working on editing 51 through 60 right now. So if you don't want to wait and watch them one by one, you can watch the whole videos <laughs> uh, on my YouTube, but uh, you can go check that out. I'm also tweeting like the, my little graphics for the 10 guys. If you want to go look at that, I showed Victor at my ground grades on everybody, but that's Very a secret. Well I'm not showing it to you guys just yet, but it'll be out a little bit later in the process. I don't want to spoil who my top guys are just yet. Very well done. Very well done. Easy to read. Very well put together. What's the uh, subscriber count on, on this channel so far? Where are we at? Uh, the YouTube's a little over 600, I think, like 612 oh, or something get like 1K. that. 1K. We're trying to get the 1K before before the summertime. Y'all get on that 1K. Once he hits 1K, we'll celebrate. We'll do a bonus episode or something. We'll figure <laughs> figure it out. But make sure to go ahead and get this man to 1K. Grinding one of the best YouTube channels out and finally getting the recognition he deserves amongst Eagles creators. So good on Shane uh, for that. Uh, guys, once again, this is the Eagles Player Analysis Podcast on Bleeding Green Nation, be sure to subscribe to BGN Radio on all podcast platforms so you don't miss a single episode. Shane does another show here for Draft, and there's NFC's mixtape and a whole bunch of other stuff to keep you guys entertained throughout the offseason as we drag through and head our way towards the NFL Draft and OTAs and training camp and all, all the way back to potentially another Super Bowl next season. We'll be along with you guys every step of the way. I'm Victor Williams. That is Shane Half. We'll catch you guys next week talking about players we like at number 30 overall. Catch you guys on the next one. Go Birds!